All right, people. Here we go. Episode five, Shadow Falls podcast. That damn Dars. Super late, a whole day late. This time, uh, definitely on that CPT. <laughs> but uh, it's bright and early in the morning. I had some time to do this shit, and we go do it now. And um, yeah, hopefully that's all right. Anyway, um, this week, the main topic of discussion will be Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur 6, this was the big release for me this week, or last week. Um, I was going to talk about Xenoblade, but I didn't actually get around to playing it. I keep putting it off. Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur 6 finally came out. It's been like maybe five or six years since the last game. Um I'm a huge Soul Calibur fan, always have been, probably always will be. So this game, this game kind of came out of nowhere in uh, a flood of new releases. So it it it, it kind of took priority over uh, finishes in a blade. Anyway, Soul Calibur is I think it I think it might be the eighth game in the series of uh, Soul series. It started off uh, a long time ago as an arcade game, one-on-one fighting game, 3D fighting game. Um, you could call it a uh, a close cousin to the Tekken series. They're very similar. Not really, but close enough. Anyway, um, Soul Calibur started with, uh, I think it was, was it Soul Edge? Was it what the original arcade release was called? Yeah, you had Soul Edge first. And then when it got ported to the PS1, they changed the name to Soul Blade. Um, and this is when Namco was really sort of hitting their stride when it came to their console ports, their fighting games. Uh, Capcom struggled for a while. They still struggle, actually, with that shit. Um, and Sega struggled, too. But Namco understood that when you port an arcade game to the console, you have to, you got to add a little bit more, you know, that one-on-one fighting shit. Um, it's only for a certain demographic, and it doesn't actually work all that well. Um, for most people, in most situations, when you get a game at home. Um, so they knew to add a bunch of single-player content, things like that, that, you know, maybe fans that weren't, weren't so into you know fighting other people or who or who couldn't you know fight other people because the problem with fighting games and i'll get more to this later is um there's a huge barrier of entry when it comes to fighting games <laughs> you have to make you have to meet so many conditions for them actually to become fun and for you to see what's so great about them but yeah uh, Soul Blade was the first console game. Um, they renamed it for whatever reason. It kind of went away for a while, and then it came back in the arcades again as Soul Calibur. Um, before the Dreamcast port, it came out in the arcades, and that's when it got rebranded. But Soul Calibur, and it was just called Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur One or whatever, um, was actually the third game in the series, but. Uh, yeah, and then when it came out on Dreamcast, uh, it was a launch game, and it had, like, uh, like, crazy updated visuals, um, that were so ahead of any other fighting game at the time, just visually, how, how good the 3D models looked, and special effects, particle effects, things like that, um, for a lot of people, this is why... So many people remember the original Soul Calibur so fondly is because of that Dreamcast launch. It was like um, what they used to call games back then that were like a must-have game that that came with the launch of the system was called a killer app for whatever reason. That dumbass terminology, but yeah, Soul Calibur was definitely one of those, <clears throat> and was you know considered. And still considered to this day by some people one of the best launch games for a system, a console ever. Um, I certainly think it's just one of the better ones. Uh, Mario 64 probably being the most important. Halo being really important. 
Breath of the Wild being really good. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Soul Calibur was still a really, really good. Uh, it was, it was a, it was a, a extremely good launch game. It was like a, a game you go out and buy a whole system for. Um, and that's when I really got into it. Was was that game? Mainly in particular because of uh, two friends, my two best friends at the time, actually. Uh, Moses McCormick, you might know him as Lao Shu, um, and my buddy Logic, man. We would play this game and we would just go at it. We would, we would play so many matches. And um, because, you know, I, I, played, the, I played the games pre- prior to that, but not like this. It was something about it. It just it had this real addictive quality to it. And it was just so like accessible and it just fast and gorgeous. And we played so many matches of that shit. And when you and when you have evenly matched people to play, um a lot of people don't notice. Either people that are you might be slightly better than or people that are slightly better than you, as long as there's not a huge gap in your skill. Um, you can have a lot of fun with a fighting game. If you have a, a certain level of understanding of the mechanics, uh, that's one of the big misconceptions about fighting games is that um, you have to be at some sort of crazy expert tournament level to really have fun with them and to understand them, but you really don't. So, And Soul Calibur is a really good example of that because of how uh, accessible it is. But anyway, I'm going on tangents. Um, yeah, the original Soul Calibur, Dreamcast, Soul Calibur 2, GameCube era, uh, PS2 era, etc. Um, Soul Calibur 3 was originally, it was PS, PS2 exclusive. Then they, then they made an arcade version because you have, you kind of have to have an arcade version of a fighting game in Japan for it to do anything over there. And Japan is a really big, like, Japan is a really big component of a fighting game to do well, you know, um, or at least it used to be. Uh, Soul Calibur 4 was PS3, Xbox 360, uh, probably the worst game in this, well, not the worst game in the series, but the worst game in the main series. Then you have 5 uh, on Xbox 360 PS3 as well. And now finally six on our current current hardware. You also had a few spin-off games. Um, there was this weird ass Wii action game that they tried to do uh, back when the Wii was a thing. It was sort of like a third person uh, character action game. Like a Dynasty Warriors or you know, something along that lines where you, you run around with characters from Soul Calibur and you fucking fight waves of enemies. I never actually played it, but it got it got slammed <laughs> review wise. This was the whole uh, fucking uh, waggle control uh, fiasco era. Everybody wanted to make a game where you just twirl your arm like an idiot for the controls. That didn't last. And then there was a there was a few portable 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 damn. Can I talk today? Portable versions of Soul Calibur on like the Vita and the PSP and things like that. Um, and then they did a, a weird ass free to play game that I know almost nothing about, and I guess I guess that one tanked pretty hard. And then after that, Soul Calibur kind of disappeared for a while because fighting games are kind of in the shit right now. They're kind of in the gutter as far as like uh, sales go. They're not uh, doing particularly well. We're we're kind of in a renaissance now with uh. Tekken did pretty good. Um, and when I say fighting games, I mean traditional fighting games, because a game like Smash Brothers, which is a fighting game, a lot of fighting game fans like love to deny it that it's uh, that it's not a fighting game, but it is. That game will always do gangbusters, but that's like a different beast. You know, not only being a Nintendo game, but having the characters that it has, it just it has a leg up on everything else. But yeah. Um, I noticed I've been going almost 10 minutes and I haven't said anything about the game yet. Soul Calibur 6 is a very, so far, um, 
things might progress. You know, fighting games take time. But as of right now, this game is 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 fucking solid, man. It's great. It's a lot better than five. Although I liked five a lot, it uh it it kind of ruined the roster. And um, the roster is a huge component of a fighting game success. It's why you always see like in Street Fighter, for example, you always see certain characters in every game: Ryu, Ken, Chun Li. Those three are almost guaranteed to be in every game. You know, the original, like the original eight characters will almost all of them will almost always be in there or at least like six out of eight. But in Soul Calibur five, they decided to take all of the old favorites out. Like they took out Taki, they took out Sophia, um, and replaced them with new characters. They took out Keelik. You know, who was like the poster boy for the Soul Calibur series. And it just it didn't it didn't go over well with people, even though they replaced them with like new faces that had, you know, the old playstyles. Fighting games will do this sometimes, like they'll take a character out and they'll put in like like they'll take out a female character and they'll put in her daughter, for example, and she'll have the same damn moveset. Um, and that, you know, that usually works. But here, you know, this time people just weren't having it. You know, because I think Soul Calibur attracts a, a far larger um, casual crowd because of the way it plays, because of how accessible it actually is, and because of guest characters, and because of character creator, and it has a. Um, and this varies from game to game, but they do a lot of story content, single player content that you can play, and I think a lot of people that don't actually care about the fighting itself get into that stuff um now that's not really for me myself but that's cool that it's in there you know anything that can get people playing and trying it out is like yeah that's a good thing but in this game so Gallery six they, they they totally fixed the roster taki's back sophia's back you know mitsurugi all of those guys they just said fuck it man we just go do a reboot uh, story-wise, we're going to do a reboot of the game, and it's sort of like a mix b- between all of the games, like timeline-wise, so they could take all of the favorite favorites from every game, Zaslamel and, you know, some of the new characters they added throughout the years, they could bring them back. And um, overall, I got to say, the, the roster is pretty solid. Um, I can't speak for other people. But all of the characters that I like are in here. So, <laughs> you know, pretty fucking good for me. Mechanically, it's still uh, very much the same. They, they added a few new things. Like, uh, it's hard to talk about these things without getting super technical when you start talking about changes to a fighting game. Because to the uninitiated, to the blind eye, all of this stuff looks the same. You know, but they've added a uh, reversal edge. It's sort of like a like a parry move. Um, this one is a lot easier to pull off, a lot easier to do. So because a guard impact, it's like a parry. You have to do it within a pretty. It's not strict timing, but you kind of have to know a move to parry it. To use the the original uh, mechanic, which is which is guard impact, it's sort of like knock an opponent back and it gives you a second or two to counter. Um, Reversal Edge is a lot easier. You can like hold the button. You don't really have to time it. Um, but to counterbalance how easy it is to pull off, it's easier to uh, see and hit people out of it and things like that. So it's a good, it's a good alternative, and it's a good compromise. Uh, for like a like a get off of me, you know, stop attacking me type of thing. Because in this game, you can get rushed the fuck down, man, and just get blitzed. And it's it's hard to deal with that shit. It's hard for new players to deal with it. And sometimes it's even hard for you know old vets to deal with to deal with it too. So, um, yeah, that's a good new mechanic. I don't know how the more hardcore people are gonna react to it because one, because it's new, and you know. <laughs> we can be real fickle about uh new shit 
in our old games, especially when it's something that's easy to pull off. You know, that's the thing that kind of irks people, uh, old heads, for whatever reason. Words like accessible and uh, streamlined and things like that, it scares us. But um, we'll see how it plays out. You know, it takes it takes time for people to really find broken shit in these games. So I don't know. We'll see. So Reversal Edge is a new mechanic. Um, what's the uh, what's the other one? Soul Charge. Um, now Soul Charge was in the game before. It's sort of like it lets you like power up your character into a powered up state. But they've changed the way it works because they've added a lot of meters to the game, like a like a Street Fighter game. It has like uh, super meters and things like that. 3D games originally and traditionally did not have those, but now they're adding it. So now you have meter management to play with. But yeah, um, Soul Charge powers up your, your character for a few seconds at the cost of one meter. You can have two meters total. You can stack up. And um, it gives you access to more powerful versions of your moves. And a lot of the best moves in the game have been like sort of buried within Soul Charge. So yeah, that's a cool that's a cool mechanic. That's a cool uh another cool compromise. And the other last mechanic is really obtuse. I'm probably I I probably already lost most people with what I said already, but the last mechanic that they added was uh uh critical hits uh or lethal hits. Um and and these are like these are way more abstract. Basically, it's like a it's like a, it's like any other normal move that you do in a game, but upon certain conditions, it'll do you know it will give you more damage. You know, and they're really specific. They're really situational. Like if I look through the moves list right now, check Miss Rugies. Um, his down back A move. Um, Triggers upon hitting an opponent who missed a high attack. So if you crouch a high attack and use this move, um, the hit effect will be different. Um, like you, normally when you hit them, you just hit them and they'll get knocked down. But if you do it under this specific condition, they'll linger in the air, air a while and the game will slow down. And it's kind of it's pretty easy to see that you can maybe gain an extra hit or two if you do it under these conditions. Um Damn, I hope that wasn't too confusing. But <laughs> yeah, that's the other new mechanic. It's it's always it's that has always been in the game, but now it's a lot easier to see. So again, another compromise to to try and get more people into it. Um, damn, I've gone I've gone eighteen minutes already, and I haven't said anything about the roster or the guest characters or anything like that. The net code, the net code is really good. It's you know playing online. That's a big thing with fighting games now. You can't really do one without it. Um, most of my matches have been really, really, really solid, you know, lag-free. Um, yeah, and I've played quite a few online, online matches already, mostly with friends, but I played a few ranked matches too. They were all good. I, I really only had, like, one bad connection so far out of maybe... I'm almost afraid to say how many matches I've played already. Uh, maybe like two or three hundred matches. So, <laughs> pretty good. The guest character this time is, uh, you know, speaking of characters, Geralt of Rivia. Uh, the, the Butcher of Blaviken, you know, the White Wolf uh, from The Witcher 3, or from The Witcher. Um, Based off of off of his Witcher Three model, but uh, yeah, Geralt he as a guest character, I usually don't like guest characters. You know, I usually don't pay him any attention. But I was messing around with with, with Geralt, and because uh, I'm a pretty big Witcher fan of the games, anyway. Uh, Geralt translates really fucking well to the game. Um, his move set is. All of his animations are kind of taken from the game. His throws, his, he has all of his signs. And they don't seem too overbearing. They don't seem too overpowered. And they actually fit into Soul Calibur's, like, 
you know, uh, it's aesthetic. So, yeah, he's a good fit. And I actually like his play style, believe it or not. Uh, so, yeah, Geralt, good addition. As for the rest of the roster, um, I like it. But I don't like that they're already selling a season pass. And one of the characters, the one character that we have already, Tira, um, <clears throat> who I used a lot in the last game, um, she's locked behind day one DLC, which is really shitty. You know, these games tend to launch with, especially 3D games, they tend to launch with like smaller rosters in general. Um, and a fighting game is, uh, sort of, sort of lives and dies by its characters. So the fact that one of them already is locked behind a paywall is pretty shitty. And another shitty thing about a season pass for fighting games is, like I just said, the game is pretty much his characters and his matchups. You know, that's the game. Um, if you're telling me to spend $30 up front and I don't know who these new characters are, that's that's not a good that's not a good look, man. That's not a good sign. Like <laughs> I think season passes are fucking stupid in general. Like the whole concept of paying up front and not knowing what you're gonna get or when it's gonna come out. Like no other entertainment medium acts that of you. Like that's fucking crazy. You want me to spend sixty dollars and then you want me to take it on faith that what you're gonna make next is going to be good and it's going to come out in a timely fashion. It's just crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like that shit. I think maybe these games, all of these games, not just fighting games, all of these games maybe need to take a step back from the shit and just, just chill out, you know, just chill. $60 up front, maybe give us a month or two before you start talking about, DLC plans and, and things of that nature. Now, DLC is fine. I don't have a problem with it. But you can at least let me know what I'm getting, you know? So, yeah, that thing, that whole thing kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Um, but, yeah, other than that, the game is, is fucking dope, man. It's still fun as hell. You know, it has that one more game. This is my last one. This is the last one of the night. You know, but you end up playing six or seven more. It, it has that. It still has it. Um, but yeah, I've been going for 22 minutes, man. I will take a break. Be right back. Going to get into uh, just some general woes when it comes to fighting games. Fighting games uh, with their accessibility and the push and pull between when a uh, Developer goes too far with the shit, and when the old fans of a game are maybe being too harsh with certain changes and things like that, I try to articulate my frustrations with some of that stuff. But all right, all right I'm rambling. Uh, I'll be right back, y'all. All right, here we go. Segment two. I think this is going to turn out to be a longer podcast when it's all said and done. Anyway. Again, thanks for listening, if I didn't say it already. Yeah, so fighting game accessibility and things of that nature. How difficult they are. How hard they are to get into. Let's get into that. Um, Fighting games are tough, man. They're hard to get into. Almost every single one. Outside of Smash Brothers, um, which... They've pretty much nailed the, uh, the the term that people really like to use. Uh, easy to get into, difficult to master. Um, Smash Brothers is really the only one to really nail that and to capture a, a, a substantial casual crowd um, while still appealing to... Uh, hardcore fan base although over the years and this is and this is a frustrating thing about sort of being uh, in between on the on these issues is um over the years the smash brothers developers it seems like they have sort of like a disdain or a distaste or a, a i don't know if it's an embarrassment or what 
there's a certain level of disdain for like the hardcore player and occasionally they'll go a little too far with their um with their streamlining and things like that uh it sort of feels like a slap in the face to the players that's been playing for decades now um and that's a tricky thing you know that's a that's a tricky balance because you want people to have a chance you know and you want people to actually play the shit and uh we all want people to play the shit even those of us that have been playing the same game for you know years upon years now we want new people to play this shit believe it or not but um we don't want to lose anything either you know we just we want other people to like sort of like rise to the occasion and, <laughs> and see what we see but I realize now that that's probably not going to ever happen um, because of two reasons. And the biggest reason is uh, I'm not even how I'm not even sure how I can articulate this. People say one thing and then they do another. Like people will tell you all the time and fighting game heads, you know, they understand this. People will say they want to get better and they want to get into a thing. And then when you actually present them with how to do said thing, they don't pay any attention to it. And they don't, which kind of shows you that they don't really want to. Um, and that is understandable because these are video games. You know, I'm talking about a game here. And when I present you with work or homework, you go look at me like, nigga, is you crazy? Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not watching a YouTube video. I'm not reading a tutorial. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I feel two ways about that because it's like, okay, I get it. I do. I do get it. Um, people don't want to work for their fun. You know, that's understandable. The last thing you want to do is watch some YouTube video with some dude talking about the Okazeme frame traps uh launchers uh <laughs> you know all of these things like, what the fuck is this dude talking about you know working for your fun you know you just want to turn the shit on and play and you want the game to teach you um and i understand that but it's also frustrating because like anything else that's difficult um the game it's not up to the game to teach you how to play um, it's up to you to, it's up to you to do that. And if you don't want to watch a five minute video on how to get better, or if you don't want to go through a game's tutorial, like you don't understand that that's the least, like that's the easy part of the, of the, of the struggle of getting better at the game. Like that's, that's so minuscule. Like, so did you ever, did you ever really want to do it when you said you wanted to do it? It's super frustrating, you know? Because I feel as if, now I don't know if this is like a legacy thing for people that haven't been playing for years, but I feel as though that's the small step. Like, the basics are really easy. And um, you'll see results, like, you actually see results pretty quick uh, from, like, not knowing anything about the game to get into, like, a beginner level. Let's say there, let's say there are, like, Let's say there are four levels, you know, completely. You don't know anything beginner, intermediate, and then like expert. Um, getting to that beginner level, it, it, it doesn't take that long to get in there and start having fun. As long as you have the, the toughest part is finding evenly matched people that you like playing with. That's the harder part. But just getting in there and you know, getting there, getting there and testing things out, pressing the buttons, finding the character you like. That's the easy part, man. And maybe listening to somebody tell you how to play while you're playing the game. Like, that's not hard, you know, but people don't want to do that. <laughs> so I feel two ways about that because I get it. Like the, the last thing you want to do after a hard day's work is pop in your game and then have to fucking study it. Like, that's shitty for most people. For some of us, it's fun, but for most people, it's shitty. Um, but the thing about it is, 
you know, people always say they want the game to teach you with the tutorials and things like that, but research has shown that people don't fucking play those tutorial modes. The most people that play the tutorials are like people like me that want to see how good it is. Like, oh, is this actually a really good tool for people to use? Like, most casuals, they don't play that shit. So, why would a developer waste their time putting it in there? And um, that's another thing I feel two ways about because it's like developers go out of their way to they bend over backwards pretty much to make their games accessible. They'll even shun and deny <laughs> their their core player base to try and get more new people to play it. You know, Street Fighter Five is like the community is so split on that game because of how simple how simple it is mechanically, and the casuals still they don't fucking care, and it's like. Ah, uh, that's frustrating, you know, because I get it. You want more people to play the game, but outside of the first week or two, all of these concessions you made for all of these new players, they're not they're probably not going to stick around more than likely. They're going to they're going to buy it and they're going to play it for a couple of hours and then they're going to move on to the, the next big release next week or next month or in the next two weeks or whatever. And then the hardcore players are left with this fucking weird ass thing that they don't really like. They don't like it as as much as the last game and things like that. So that's a real uh, that's a very r- real frustration with uh, somebody like me sort of being in the middle. I'm sorry if I'm, I'm being a bit ramble rambly here, but um, it's hard to. Uh, to convey these frustrations because it happens every time in almost every fighting game. Like people want to, or they say they want to get into them and you present them with the tools to get better and the data and whatnot. And they just, they look at you like you're crazy or they don't listen or, you know, or they won't go to training mode. They'll just, they, they, they rather complain, you know, about the game and the game's mechanics. And I get it. So I can I can hear how I'm going like you know how I'm going back and forth with this thing. It's really confusing how I feel. Um, another thing that irks me is like uh, people don't want to put any kind of time in. You know, like they want it quick, they want it fast, and it's like that's not gonna happen with this genre. You know, if you're really trying to get better, it's a one-on-one fighting game, so you're gonna have to lose. I think people put it's weird. I think people that are not that great put more of an emphasis on winning than the people who actually understand the game. Um, And that's another tough thing to like sort of get into and wrap your head around is like the concept of, you know, losing can be better. It's sort of like a and this is the thing with difficult games in general, like people just don't like dying. They don't like losing. They don't like you know, the game over screen or whatever. They just, they hate seeing that shit. It feels like a, it feels like a, like a failure. Um, and it can be frustrating, you know, not knowing why you got hit by something, not understanding what happened during a match. Um, that becomes easier as you gain that knowledge, but, and it becomes less frustrating and it becomes more fun. You understand why you lost? Oh, I got hit with this mix-up. Like, when you actually see it, like, wow, this dude I'm playing is brilliant, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but it takes a while to see that, and it's super unfortunate, you know? Although you do feel like, like, even amongst a, a, a room full of gamers, I feel like I'm the only one that gets this stuff. That's a good feeling sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's real elitist to me to say, but... It's sort of like like seeing like a high level like seeing like a high level Marvel vs. Capcom two match. You feel like a DBZ character watching uh, Goku and Frieza fight. Like nobody can see what's happening except for the people that understand it. You know, regular people can't see it. They're moving so fast and they're doing so much shit that regular humans they can't even see the setups. You know, they can't even see the frame traps and the, you know and things like that. Um, it's a good feeling when you actually get there. It's gratifying, you know. 
people, I, I think that could be associated with anything that's like hard and that's difficult to do. Um, but yeah, I realize that I'm rambling here. I'm sorry, y'all. It's it's really hard to to explain this stuff. Um, as far as tutorials go, and Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur doesn't really have a tutorial per se, um, but it does have a really in-depth moves list, more in-depth than I've probably seen in any fighting game. Um, now I know a lot of casuals are going to be mad that it doesn't have a tutorial, but again, like I said, the data shows that people don't fucking play those modes, so why would they do that? And what they have in here, I'm sure most people, most casual people are not going to look at anyway. Um, they tell you how to use certain moves in certain situations, which is like, that's huge. That's a huge part of, of understanding, you know, what the fuck is going on. Like, because a, a lot of new players, they get trapped in these situations where they feel like they couldn't do anything. Um, but that's not always the case and this and this game shows you specifically like it'll get really in depth like again if i look to the moves list um mitsurugi forward aa allows forward movement after being guarded see and then if i scroll down uh down b plus a plus b good against reversal edges and guard impacts and all of the moves have a little description like this you know so if you actually go through and read all of the text and look at all of the moves, you'll have a good understanding of how these uh, how to play the character. And reversely, not just playing a character, but if you look at this stuff and you see what's good, you'll know, okay, when I'm fighting Mitsurugi, he's probably gonna want to do this stuff. Um, but most people don't take that kind of time. Most people don't. They don't care. You know, they just want to turn the game on and instantly beat the shit. And that's just not this genre, man. You know, you have to, you got to put some work in. Um, which is a fucking weird thing to say about a video game. But it's super gratifying. It's actually a good fighting game with like evenly matched people who understand the game. You don't necessarily have to be tournament Evo level. You know, you can just have a really good understanding of the mechanics. And if you have a buddy to play with or two buddies to play with, you can play that game forever. You know, people still to this day play Smash Brothers Melee. They don't want to play the new one. They want to play Melee. That's how that's how good a fighting game can be. People still play Marvel vs. Capcom 2. You know? Do you know how fucking old that game is? <laughs> like, that... Like, a good fighting game and a good fighting... A, a good match is timeless. Those mechanics are timeless. They will never get old. You know? You might get tired of playing it from time to time, but it, it will never actually get old. Um... And it's just hard, man, to get people to that point to where they see it and they get it. But I understand their frustrations. You know, when you're trying to explain con concepts of concepts of balance, you know, unsafe moves, uh, uh, frames. You know, how to punish, how to pun punish things. Oh, that move is different on counter hit. Like all of these specifics, you know, that just go over people's heads. Um that really give the game weight, you know, this is what makes it good. The reason it's good is because it's hard to get into. Um, most people just don't care about that, you know, or maybe they do care, but they don't have the time. They don't have the time or they, they don't want to take the time to get there. Oh, Jesus. I'm sure that this segment was a complete mess. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to I'll try to refine it a little bit. What did I what did I actually miss? Um, yeah, how rewarding it is to see that gradual progression. You know, say you plan your best friend and your your best friend is clearly better than you. You know, clearly he beats you twenty zero the first time y'all play, and you like man, he really beat me up. Let me hit the lab. Let me hit training mode and see what's up. 
Um, you go in there, you learn a few tricks, and you learn how to def- you, you learn how to defend against this character a little bit. What your character can do to counter that, and y'all play again. And this time, the score is five to ten. He still wins, but now you've won a few. You know, and you see that natural progression. You see that gradual. Oh, damn! What I, you know, the shit that I came up with and the shit that I figured out, it was actually working. You know, and then you keep at it. You dig deeper, and you go back to the lab. <laughs> you know, you learn a few more things, and then y'all play again. And now it's the score is ten ten, and now y'all even. Y'all y'all evenly matched, and it gets even better. It gets even more fun. I know I can beat this fucker now. You thinking? Damn. Let me, this training shit is really working. You know, let me watch some videos. Let me see what other better people than me do with my character. You know, because all of this data is out there. You know, let me watch a tutorial video. Let me see what to do in this crazy situation, how to get out of it. Let me find, uh, I don't need to find the best combos, but let me find a, you know, a good solid combo that's, that's well within my execution range. You know, you get all of that. You play this guy or gal again, and this time the score is 12 to 8, and you've won this time. Fucking, a fucking phenomenal feeling. No, almost no other genre can match it. Um, It sucks that most people won't experience it, but man, let me tell you, it is so gratifying, you know. Just even just even the concept of, of of mixing somebody up, like that shit feels so fucking good, you know, when you when you when you bait somebody to, to react and to move and to do a very specific thing with their character, you're trying to control them <laughs> and you setting up a situation where you want them to move a certain way and things like that and they actually do it, that's so fucking gratifying. Like, like people don't understand that shit feels so good to get in somebody's brain like that. And, it, and it's also really surprising in a good way when you do something like that and it works the first few times and then that person that you're playing catches on and it's like, oh shit, the jig is up. Now I got to go back and reconfigure, you know, that old shit ain't working no more or it might work occasionally, but I got to put that away for now. And it's a, it's a really good push and pull mind game wise. You know, a lot of people like to compare fighting games to chess. I don't think that's a good app comparison. Um, but it's, it's, it's the closest thing you go get. You know, it's a lot of mind games, you know, a lot of mind games. Um, I think fighting games are quite honestly better than chess. I think they're because of the difficulty, because they're harder, because of the pressure to act and react in real time and uh, the whole concept of execution gives it a layer of depth that chess just, or maybe not depth, but complexity that chess just can't have. You know, you'll never, you'll never drop a move in chess. You know how the pieces move, right? But in fighting games, you know, like the equivalent would be like knocking over all your pawns when it was when it was your turn to move, you knock over all your pawns, and that costs you the fucking game. Like you can't really do that in chess. Like that won't happen. So, yeah, fighting games. But that makes fighting games more dramatic, you know. When you're on the receiving end, and this person can kill you with this next combo, and you know you clenching up because you think you lost, and they fucking drop it, they blow it, they choke, and because of their their failure, you win. Um. That's a dynamic that's not really present, you know, in chess. So, yeah. <laughs> you can probably tell how I've, been, how I've been rambling on and on about this, that I'm pretty passionate about this genre. Not as much as I used to be. My own personal level, skill level, I would say high intermediate. Um, I'm teetering on that breaking into expert level now. I don't want to, for all of the shit that I talk, I'm not actually taking the steps to get to the next level anymore because, one, I don't really care. Um, 
I'm content with my level now. The, the games are still fun at the level that I play at, and I know the amount of work it would take to get to the next level, and I'm just not up to the task. Um, yeah. I say, actually, get going from intermediate, high intermediate, to expert is probably the hardest step to take. And, um, yeah, for all of that shit that I talked, I'm just, I'm just not up to it. Most of my friends are at my level, so I have enough people to play within my skill range to where it's still fun. Got people that are clearly better than me to play, and people that are on my level, and a few people that are worse. And they're all fun to play, so. Yeah, I'm content with my skill level. Man, I've rambled on and on and on about this for 20 minutes now. Uh, but like I said, this was going to be a longer podcast. Uh, I didn't actually say that much about Soul Calibur and its accessibility, but yeah, sorry about that, guys. Going to take another break. Uh, this will be the first podcast, I think, with three segments. Going to come back. Probably get into a few uh, rumors and things like that, upcoming releases, although there's really only one. But yeah, be right back, y'all. All right, let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> rumors, news, and all of that good stuff. Not a lot of shit last week. Um, as far as gaming goes, WB Montreal, uh, apparently they're working on not one but two dc universe open world games um the rumor floating around for a while now is that rocksteady was working on a new game now we don't know if it's superman we don't know if it's batman or what but um i think the montreal team is the team that that did a uh, shadow of shadow of war shadow of mordor i think that's the team well yeah they're, they're working on two separate DC open world games and Rocksteady is working on its own DC open world games. I don't know if these are three different characters. Uh, we don't know that much. Um, hopefully my hope is that Rocksteady is doing Superman and maybe hopefully Montreal is working on, I don't know, whatever. There was a rumored suicide suicide squad game for a long time. I don't know who's on that, but yeah, that could be cool. It would be nice to see what Rocksteady is up to, too, actually. Um, but yeah, three DC games upcoming and all open world. I'm assuming character action games. What else we got here? Uh, Monster Hunter World PC. Five million. Sold five million on Steam. Steam alone. It's pretty fucking dope, man. So I guess Monster Hunter World is, is is a bona fide hit for Capcom. In the West, in the East, Monster Hunter is a thing. I'm so glad that this, that this finally happened. It's so gratifying. You know, I love it when hardcore games like fucking break through. I love that shit. But yeah, that's a that's actually a lot of sales just on PC. Um, I think that put it in around at around the eight to ten million range total. Just pretty fucking high. Um, for Monster Hunter anyway. Yeah. Alright, uh Target. Uh I guess in a couple of weeks, the third of next month, they're gonna start their buy two get one free shit again. They do this every year. Uh buy two games get one free at Target. But I guess one caveat that they're <laughs> that they're pulling this year is that um Certain Nintendo games you won't be able to buy, or they won't be part of the promotion, and neither will Red Dead, which is like, that stings. I don't think they should do that. I think they would get way more business if they included Red Dead in that deal, because, I mean, I'll get into new releases later, but, you know, the Beast will soon be unleashed. Anyway, um, what else we got here? Oh, yeah. now. This was a rumor from a few months ago that there was going to be a new Splinter Cell game at E3. Uh, it was rumored for a while now. Um, a lot of people are saying that it's going to re resurface at uh, Xbox's XO 2018 event. They're doing their uh, Microsoft is doing their big Xbox event uh, in November, and Splinter Cell is supposed to show up. Crackdown is supposed to show up, playable, 
and uh, you know, Splinter Cell is supposed to resurface. Because a while ago there was a Walmart ad leak. Um, they leaked an ad with a bunch of uh, E3 games. Um, and most of that list that leaked, uh, those games were at E3. They were announced at E3. Splinter Cell was on that list, but it didn't get announced at E3. So I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. New Sam Fisher game. Let's hope so. Um, I think that pretty much does it for for what I found on games. Uh, kind of a quiet week. Everybody's fucking getting steering clear and getting out of the way of the 80 pound gorilla that's going to release on Friday. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, with movies and comics and whatnot. Um, the Friday the 13th illegal battle uh, for that that whole fiasco. That's still going on. Uh, I guess the writer and the director of the original movie, they're, they're battling over legal rights for the Friday the 13th name. I don't know if it's the name or the character or what. Um, I'm sure uh, money is playing a big part in this whole thing. But yeah, if, if anybody was ever wondering why Friday the 13th has seemingly disappeared, it's because of this legal battle. That's been going on for a while now. Um, kind of sucks, you know, but these things tend to happen with these long-running franchises. I would love to see Jason come back, but I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever get out of this fucking this, this legal battle. This shit has been going on for years now, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what else? Luke Cage. Cage, fucking canceled. I called it. The writing was on the wall. I think, I think everybody that's not Daredevil, uh, as far as Netflix Marvel shows, uh, they go, you know, they go get the fuck out of there. Um, because my theory is Disney streaming. It just Disney and Marvel is like, hey, y'all got to cut that shit out, and it's over. You know, y'all done, y'all done up here. That's my theory. Um, the official news was that Luke Cage, uh, writers, they couldn't see eye to eye with the producers and things like that. That whole thing. But to have Iron Fist a week prior and now Luke Cage get canceled too. I mean, within a week, I don't know, man. That seems pretty suspect. Um, unless they're gearing up for a Heroes for Hire, it seems like. Netflix, Marvel Netflix is cleaning up shop, man. Um, Daredevil was always the most well-received of all of the shows, and maybe he'll go on. Season 3 just dropped, by the way. Probably ch- y'all should probably check that out. First three episodes of that shit are really, really good. But yeah, um, Luke Cage uh, is done, man. Canceled. So Luke Cage, Danny Rand so far, completely gone, which kind of sucks because I wasn't a huge fan of Luke Cage season one. I thought the first half of season one was like pretty dope. Uh, they had a good, I don't like, I didn't like Luke Cage so much, but uh, the main villain that they had before they replaced him, um, Cottonmouth was just fucking awesome. That was just an awesome, fun character. And then they killed him off in the second half of the season with some poor shit. But Luke Cage season two was, I thought it was pretty consistent. I thought it was pretty fun. Bushmaster was awesome, although he didn't get enough screen time. And uh, what's her name? Is it is it Maria? No. The main antagonist, uh, Luke Cage. I forget that lady's name. Uh, she was really good, too. Really good, like, crime boss. And, you know, with all of these shows, the villain makes or breaks the show, for me anyway. So, yeah, I thought season two was pretty dope, man. Although Bushmaster should have got more screen time, and him and Luke should have fought a few more times. Um, I thought it was much better than Jessica Jones season two, which was an absolute bust. And I also enjoyed it more than, than both seasons of Iron Fist, which I feel is also I feel as though Iron Fist was the worst of the Netflix shows. Um, but yeah, man, it kind of sucks. I hope they at least pop up somewhere, somehow, 
before the whole Marvel Netflix thing is completely gone. Um, because the, the the Colleen and fucking uh uh Misty shit was finally kicking in the gear, man. Those those were two of my favorite characters out of the whole Marvel Netflix shit. They were finally building towards you know their whole friendship and thing, and now you know both of those shows are canceled. So that sucks. Kind of saw it coming though. Don't be surprised if Jessica goes next. I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, yeah, Marvel Netflix cleaning up shop. It seems like. Speaking of uh Netflix and Marvel and whatnot, uh Daredevil season three. I mentioned I watched the first three episodes. Uh, so far so fucking good, man. I gotta say, um, the fights are still fucking crazy. Really good fight choreography. Some of the best, especially for a TV show. Better than some movies, even. Um, and what I really like so far is the character Matt himself. Um, how he sort of sees everything through like a religious slash faith context or lens. I really like that so far. He's really like struggling with his faith, faith right now, which is a big part of the character. Um, but yeah, three episodes in, so far so good. Probably going to wrap that up today. Um, what else we got? Uh, yeah, as far as news goes, I think that's it for what I checked out. Um, I was kind of checked out last week because, again, with all of my free time, all I fucking did was play Soul Calibur. So, yeah. Notable releases. There's really only one. I mean, you have Castlevania Requiem, which is a remaster remake of <clears throat> the classic symphony of the night the legendary symphony of the night and the uh rondo of blood considered two of the best castlevania games in one package uh it's a little expensive for my taste 20 bucks for uh an old ass game an old ass game for me anyway see i've played rondo of blood and i've played symphony of the night plenty of times now and um, as far as remakes go, um, remasters, it's actually, it's not the best version of Castlevania, Symphony of the Night. Um, it's not the Saturn version. It's the PlayStation 1 version, which is like, they do this with every release of Symphony of the Night. I don't know why they do this shit. And um, I don't know which version of Rondo of Blood it is. But yeah, you got... For me, there's only Castlevania Requiem as far as fucking releases go. There's also, uh, of course, <laughs> I mentioned an 80-pound gorilla. Um, Red Dead, finally, will be out Friday. Uh, and every it seems like every other release, every other game was like, let's get the fuck out of the way of this game for this week. Let's just let it this game have it. And because we already know what's gonna happen, we already know what's gonna sell gangbusters. Um, I'm gonna reserve a judgment on Red Dead because I'm I'm definitely gonna get it Thursday night. I'll probably go up there pick it up uh, at the GameStop. I did pre-order it. I haven't pre-ordered a game in a very long time. Um, not sure why I pre-ordered this game. I'm more curious than anything. Because I haven't really been on Rockstars. I haven't really been a big Rockstar fan for the past few games. I mean, I did like, I did like, not the original Red Dead. The original Red Dead was not theirs, but the second game in the Red Dead series, the one that they actually did, uh, Redemption. I did like Redemption. Um, that was probably the last Rockstar game that I really enjoyed. Um, but GTA 4 was a bust. GTA 5 was a complete bust. I feel as though I feel as though those games have been getting by on their name alone. I know that's kind of a controversial opinion to have, but mechanically they haven't really improved. Um, so I'm more curious than anything about Red Dead. Like, has it really gotten any better? I hope so. The setting and the uh, aesthetic gives it. There's not a lot of uh, a game set in the West, so that gives it a certain amount of of appeal there's you know so there's that but i'm not actually super excited for red dead it's more of like an experiment 
which is like I know you're thinking like Darce, why would you spend sixty dollars on a on an experiment? But <laughs> I'm sure it won't be terrible. Um, but yeah, as far as releases go, there's not a whole lot to say besides that everybody's fucking running and ducking for cover, trying to get out of the way of Red Dead, which is understandable because that's going to be an insanely, insanely well. I'm sure it's going to score in the high 90s percentile and uh everybody's gonna fucking buy it so yeah next week i will probably be talking about red dead um which is crazy because like right after red dead maybe i think it's like maybe two weeks after red dead redemption 2 we'll have fallout 76 and not soon after that we'll have darksiders 3 and man the, the hits just keep coming <laughs> but yeah man uh that's gonna wrap it up for this week S- again sorry about the rambling um I, I i realized that i didn't actually talk that much about soul Calibur, but yeah it's really hard to articulate you know i'm not i'm not good at explaining games thus far gonna keep doing this and hopefully get better at it so yeah, thanks for listening, y'all. I'm gonna fucking get out of here so I can get online and play some more matches. <laughs> Talk to y'all later. Hopefully on Monday next time. I'm out.